Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back, and wow. Uh, one of my favorite guests, uh, Dr. Jeff Myers is back with us today, president of Summit Ministries, uh, the author of several books, including Truth Changes Everything and Exposing the Gender Lie, just a couple. By the way, it has a couple of websites, summit.org, of course, that's for Summit Ministries, and then for his book, truthchangeseverything.com. You may want to check that out. And uh, let me encourage you to check out Summit Ministries. Uh, Dr. Myers and his team, as you know, we've had a lot of his colleagues on here as well. They just do an outstanding job. I think one of the premier apologetic organizations in the country. Dr. Meyer, good to see you, friend. How are you? Good to see you, Perry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, truth. What is it these days? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, my teachers would say, truth is very difficult to find, but we are obligated to discover it. So the goal was to seek the truth. What seems to be happening in the generation that we're working with right now, and I've just, uh, I'm working with my last group of students for the summer. This will be one 1,832 students that I've worked with this summer. Wow. They have been taught in their generation that truth is up to the individual. 91% of people say the best way to find yourself is by looking within yourself. Uh, you have 70, you know, up, <clears throat> up to 75% of the people who say truth. The goal is not to seek the truth, but to speak your truth. And the problem, Perry, is that's led to a crisis in this generation. Uh, my team and I have not worked with a group uh, that has that is this troubled. Really, I don't. I don't. In all of the years that I, so I've been working with young adults as a college professor, working with summit ministries programs, other kinds of leadership training programs for uh, thirty-five years, okay. and uh, the. Since COVID, we have had the most difficult situations to try to deal with with students that we have ever had. And, and the, I, I believe the answer is they have become convinced by their culture and by their teachers that truth is up to the individual. And so they're, what they're taught to say is, I, I love me. You know, it's very narcissistic. But the truth is, Perry, and this is where this is where the raw edges begin to show. We have seen higher levels of self-hate than ever before. Higher levels of purposelessness and aimlessness, higher levels of anxiety, higher levels of depression, higher levels of suicidal ideation than ever before. And and these I believe all come from the fact that look, if you are your own truth and you know in your heart that you are not enough, then you have not only no sense of direction, but you have no possible way of being found. Gosh. So, with this most difficult generation that you're dealing with, are they at least opening, are they at least open to consider what you have to say? We're finding a tremendous life change. So, I, I, earlier this summer, I'll just give you just as an example, I won't use any names and, or any identifiers, but I has, had a student uh, come to me after my first talk about a biblical worldview and say, I just want you to know that I used to be engaged in church. I 
have deconstructed my faith, and I'm really here at Summit to try to figure out whether I'm more of a postmodernist or a new spiritualist in my worldview. Wow. And that was the opening conversation. Those were his opening comments, and he literally just walked right up. So when people are really desperate, the conversations tend to get really honest really fast. So by mentioning those two potential uh, positions this person could take, uh, doesn't that kind of suggest that they're, they really don't believe it yet? They don't even believe the two they think they believe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. If you're your own truth, then you've got to try to figure out what makes sense to you and what criterion are you going to use. Most people use the criterion of, well, that sounds good to me. So they can find a quote from the Dalai Lama who believes that the soul does not exist and think, oh, that sounds really great. And then they find a quote from somebody who says, you know, the entire point of life is the care and nurture of the soul. They're like, ooh, that's really good. You know, they just... You're like, don't you understand that those two positions can't both exist in reality at the same time? But people are like, well, it works for me. That quote worked for a Tuesday and this quote worked for Wednesday. So I guess I'm all good. But they aren't really good. Yesterday, I was with our students and, and I opened with this question. How do we find meaning in a fleeting life? And man, I got to tell you, Perry, I mean, I could see... I, kn I know how to read students after working with them for 35 years. I could see tremendous pain in their eyes as they consider the aimlessness that they've experienced in a culture that's denied truth. And I could also see a sense of hope. You know, as I said, you know, I'm going to talk with you and demonstrate to you from scripture and from logic that you have dignity because you bear God's image. You are identifiably His. And as someone who is made in God's image, who has a soul, and that we can know exists, you can have that sense of purpose that has eluded you. You can escape that sense of anxiety that has overcome you. That sense you have that today is terrible and I don't ever see any day in the future getting any better— will be replaced by a sense of God's sovereign in-chargeness over creation and a sense of rest. Mm. That's what uh, that's what a, a biblical worldview offers. You know, mm. uh, Perry, I got to tell you this, because uh, the other day I was doing an interview with, um, uh, you know, pub, a, a publication that uh, all Christians in America would know about. And in, in the interview, they asked, well, so what's the risk for the church? And I said, I think honestly, the risk for the church is that if we deny that there's such a thing as truth, we lose our capacity to bring flourishing and blessing and abundance to the nations of the earth. It's, we're, we're, th this is far more than just, oh, this is really sad. Our, number, our attendance numbers are going down because these kids aren't coming back after they go to college. It is that Satan's attack has depleted the church's ability to make the profound difference in the world that people who were believers in the past were able to make. And that's what the book Truth Changes Everything is about. All right. Again, uh, Truth Changes Everything. Check it out. TruthChangesEverything.com is the website. Check out the book as well. So, Dr. Myers, um, I, I, I'm guessing, I'm trying to figure out why would somebody come to your camp if they kind of been pre-programmed going to your camp is like going to hearing something that they don't believe in? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think a lot of people come to our program. These are 16 to 22 year olds 
And as I mentioned, we've had more than 1,800 of them come through the program. There were uh, five or six who were not able to, succe- to successfully co- complete the program. They just weren't in the right headspace or, mm-hmm. you know, ha- were dealing with things that we couldn't help them with. And, you know, we're really clear, you know, if, some, if someone's dealing, for example, with a serious drug addiction, uh, there are other programs that they need to go to first to deal with that right. and then come through, through the summit course. But students would come. If they understood, first of all, that there's a chance that what happens at this program might restore my sense of purpose. Second of all, I get to go to someplace cool, look out Mountain Georgia or Manitou (laughs) Springs, Colorado for a couple of weeks. Uh, Third, these people might be able to help me find answers to my big life questions. So we ask them, bring your questions with you. Bring as long of a list of questions as you like. And then as you interact with the speakers and in your small group and with your mentor, you will have the opportunity to get those questions on the table and start to find answers to them. And that seems to be very compelling. I mean, if, if, if think about this, Perry, if you're, and I think I've used this example on your show before, but it, it, you know, we're, we border Pike national forest. I mean, it's right. right. It's really literally across the parking lot from our summit ministries headquarters. And it's one, that 1.5 million acres of land. Uh, my sons go out there and camp all of the time. They always take a compass because it's very easy to get turned around, not know where you are. But if if you have the compass out there and you're always trying to use the compass by making sure the red needle points directly toward you, you will always be lost. Mm. So young adults today are looking for a sense of direction. What they doubt is whether the church really has it. Is Christianity really the answer that can satisfy not only my longings for a worldview that's logical, but also one that makes sense of my greatest hopes and dreams and my greatest fears and disappointments. One quick question before I take a break. What is it about biblical worldview truth that becomes the aha moment for a student? Well, it's a compare. It's when you compare a biblical worldview to other worldviews. So to, to a student, who has heard about the Marxist worldview, they, they won't say, oh, yeah, I love communism. You know, I think that was awesome that 100 million people got killed in cold blood. You know, it's not that. They're like, no, we have oppression and, and violence in society, and the poor are, are being oppressed by the rich, and that needs to be remedied. Therefore, I embrace a Marxist worldview. So that might be, you know, the pitch. Right, right. Or the secularist, the secularist would say, there's a battle between science and religion, and people who are stupid uh, are religious, and people who are smart are secular. Those are the kinds of messages that they've heard. Mm-hmm. So when you're approaching it with a biblical worldview, you say, well, let's just line these worldviews up side by side and see which ones make the most sense of the world. The big questions students are asking are not things like, how did the world come into existence and can I do the math? The questions they're asking are things like, am I loved? Is there anybody out there who loves me because of who I am and not just because of what I can do for them? The secular worldview says there's no such thing as love. It's just chemical reactions in your brain. Do you have a purpose in life? Yes, your purpose is to reproduce and to fight to survive another day. Is there any hope for the world? You know, not really. So when you start to compare the worldviews side by side, students realize maybe I should give a biblical Christian worldview another shot. 
Good stuff. Let me take a quick break. Summit Ministry or Summit.org is the website to Summit Ministries. And then check out uh, Dr. Meyer's new book, TruthChangesEverything.com. And by the way, there's a picture of the cover of the book there on the screen for those of you watching on the Dove TV network. TruthChangesEverything.com. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. An honor to have with us uh, Dr. Jeff Myers. He always gives us time and we value it greatly. He's the president of Summit Ministries, the author of several books. His, his latest one is called Truth Changes Everything. That's also the website, truthchangeseverything.com. And he also wrote a book called Exposing the Gender Lie. So, Dr. Myers, um, how are your students 16 to 22 dealing with the gender lie? Well, they have pretty much decided that the truth is up to them. So however they feel about themselves is what's really important. They're always trying to take their own temperature to discern, you know, what do I think I am today? How do I feel I am today? The, so they, they have come to believe the theory that sex and gender are two different things. And you know the history of this. It goes back to John Money, who who first uh, mutilated two twins, uh, both of whom ended up committing suicide. Uh, but he promoted that as a tremendous success, saying that we decide uh, at birth uh, what the what the person's gender is. You know what what it, so it's your sex uh, assigned at birth. These students believe that virtually all of them, when they come to our program, believe that 30 some percent of them have said, look, I don't know why it's such a big deal to think about yourself as male or female, because if it's all my truth, then I am whatever I want to be. Forget the biology. The biology is irrelevant. Uh, that's what we talk about in the Gender Lie book, which, as you mentioned, you can get at summit.org slash protect. You can download that book for free. My co-author and I decided that that would be it's the message was so important that we needed to get it out to state legislators and okay. uh, members of Congress and so forth right away. So just made it free. Thank you. All right. So that's summit.org uh, dot slash protected. Um, amazing. It's amazing. So just some basic tips. If we're engaging with somebody that um, doesn't believe what we believe and yet our, our goal is to authentically care for them. <laughs> How do, how, what's some of the first things we ought to do? Well, the, the most important thing to remember is what I teach all of our Summit Ministry staff is the, from the moment they arrive, that there are two strands to the DNA double helix of influence. One strand is truth. The other strand is relationship. Mm. Just like in a DNA double helix in the body, in your cells, you are uh, the the, the, the Truth and relationship intertwine together. 
And those connecting nucleotides, that's what the focus is. So if you ask somebody who works at some ministries, what's your job? At some point in the conversation, they're going to draw out a DNA double helix and say, my job is to connect truth and relationship for somebody every day. Uh, The way that looks in practice is that you avoid what the culture typically does, which is move back and forth between being passive and being aggressive. You know, the the passive person says, well, you have your truth, I have mine, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. The aggressive person says, watch me drop the mic on you and leave you speechless. Um, I'm going to dunk on you and own you. You know, that's sort of the... That's what gets all of the social media views, of course. Right. right. So we kind of go back and forth between those two things. And some people are doing both at the same time. They're very passive themselves. They would never personally engage with someone in an aggressive way, but they just they get this this sense of um, almost like vengeance when they watch those videos of somebody else owning libs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what we do at Summit is say, no, transcend that. Because in the context of truth and relationship always intertwining, your goal isn't to be an avoider or to be an aggressor. Your goal is to be an advocate. You're advocating for the truth, and you're advocating for the heart of the other person. Every single person we interact with is someone made in the image of God. They're precious to Him. They have a soul that will live on for eternity. And and th- we want to interact with people in such a way as to show that when you begin with Jesus, when you start with the realization that truth exists and it's not just a mathematical formula, it's not just a logical proposition, it's not rhetoric that people in power use to maintain their own power and prevent others from taking those positions away from them. The truth is a person, it's Jesus. And that single thing has changed the course of history. Mm. Well, people always react against Perry in my in my assessment, and this is working with young adults who've, you know, uh, several hundred of them this year who intended to walk away from their faith or had already done so, and they never are reacting against Jesus. They're reacting against people's poor performance. Uh, in saying they believe in Jesus, but live as if he doesn't really exist. Wow. And and that's what they see happening in the church. They see people who get together, who are being fake, who who aren't willing to go deep, uh, people who just think that going to church is the fun stuff. You know, even, even in Christian schools, we've had teachers say, yeah, we just try to make Bible class fun. And we don't want it to be uh, difficult. We don't want students to have to really think in this class. And I tell them, I think you're making a huge mistake because these students will go off to college and think, well, the Bible is where you go if you just feel like not thinking. Mm. So that's that's the that's the way you begin the relationship. And I can give you some specific steps as we go, but that's that all of that is foundational. If we forget that, nothing else we do matters. That's beautiful. Um, one other question that kind of fits in the middle here, and that is that. Um, we, we're, we're losing civility. We're losing statesmanship. We're losing yeah. respect. Um, it's just, um, we're so polarized. And I have to tell you, even sitting in the position I see, probably you too, too as well, uh, even Christians now are polarized. And, and it can go, it, it not only can be political, it can be theological. 
Yeah. We just can't seem to find middle ground. What's your take, Coach? David Noble is the founder of Summit Ministries, and not only was he a brilliant philosopher, but he had a very wry sense of humor. And I asked him once, you know, how do we how do we work together? Because if you start thinking about the differences among Christians, they're pretty vast. You have Armenians and Calvinists, and you've got premillennialists and postmillennialists and amillennialists, and you know all these different things. And how, how do you how are you going to pull how, how do you pull all these people together? He said you have to have a cause that's bigger than the divisions. You might, if you if you go to war and Nazi Germany has got to be defeated, why isn't it interesting how the divisions of people who are Italian Catholics can work alongside people who are Midwest Protestants, where they might have fought before? Or, you know, the Irish and the Italian regiments can work very well together because they have a bigger cause. And mm-hmm. David Noble would always say, Tiger, let's take on the enemy first, and then we can kill each other. <laughs> Well, that is terrific. I've often kidded around because I uh, friends of mine get involved in this Arminius-Calvin thing uh, argument. And I said, isn't it interesting? They're both sitting in heaven. They probably haven't figured out which one was really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the differences are important. And we have students who struggle with this all of the time. I had a student who I wanted to have lunch the other day at our summit in Georgia. She was just so mad. Uh, at the, she held a particular view about creation, and she was mad that the speaker didn't agree with her view, and and it just it just bothered her so much that it, it almost it almost really affected her two week experience. And I had to say, uh, let's start. Let's focus on what we have in common here. We believe that the material world is not all that exists. We believe that the world did not come into existence through random chance processes starting with the first self-replicating molecule. That we can all agree on. The details of how it happened, uh, we're going to have to continue to explore it. But if we allow ourselves to be divided in this time when so many big societal issues are being faced and so many people are struggling so much without hope because the believers they know won't say a word we have bigger uh, fish to fries they say yeah uh, the old saying is uh, can we agree on the essentials and peacefully disagree on the non-essentials but right now we're fighting over the essentials I think that ends up being part of it. So we we will find that in the Christian community, there are people who who genuinely believe that the Bible is God's word and who believe that Jesus Christ did, in fact, come to earth, was born of a virgin, died on the cross, descended into hell, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father from which he, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. The, we, we find that there are people who will hold to those creeds, those creedal truths. Mm-hmm. But we also find that people who are in churches where, you know, they have a nice big church and very fancy and all of that, but the people inside don't believe that stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, you, they cannot, you know, if someone says, I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that person is not in any fair sense of the term a Christian. And yeah. we need to be aware of that. All right, let me say to our viewers and listeners, check out summit.org. That's Summit Ministries, summit.org. And check out Dr. Meyer's new book, Truth Changes Everything, and that's also the website. 
truthchangeseverything.com. Dr. Myers, thank you for your time. You've been always gracious to give it to you. And by the way, we interview a lot of your supporting staff and teams, and they're just wonderful. God bless you, man, for what you're doing. Oh, man, I'm so grateful. Thanks, Perry. All right, good to see you, pal. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.